Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. They're still voting in the Republican primary in Tennessee. We shall see if Rhino Haggerty wins or conservative Seti wins. I support uh, Dr. Manny Seti, and I hope he wins. If he doesn't win, don't blame me. Look at the voters. Look at Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, directly and indirectly, has poured millions of dollars into this primary. I really detest Mitch McConnell because he goes into other states to try and pick candidates who will vote for him to be the leader. That's all he gives a damn about. That's all he gives a damn about. And he does it all the time. And he does not want conservatives. He doesn't want a Ted Cruz type. He doesn't want a Mike Lee type. He doesn't want guys like this. He did it in Kansas. Now he's doing it in Tennessee. So we shall see. And uh, Manny, Dr. Manny was outspent four to one on these ads. And they were so negative and so dishonest. And even some of our friends got into this race and picked the wrong side. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, I, I, uh, I hope they fail in this effort. Because this was a huge, huge push by the rhinos, by the Republican establishment, Mitt Romney, big time behind Haggerty. Uh, oh, he didn't endorse the mark, no, but he gave the max amount he could back in September. And then Haggerty, about a month later, quietly gave it back. It appears to have broken uh, federal campaign laws. He didn't report either on his public disclosure documents because he didn't want the voters to know. It's a big Romney guy. They've tried to tie uh, Dr. Manny into Obamacare, which is a lie. They've tried to tie him into Black Lives Matter, which is an absurdity. 
a $50 donation 12 years ago, two T-shirts he bought at his wife's suggestion for a friend who was running for office. They tried to tie that into infanticide, Mr. Producer. And they had the money to try and do all that. So we'll see what happens. We want to avoid getting another Lamar Alexander, another Bob Corker. Tennessee is conservative state. It's a Republican state. It's a great state. Much of my family lives there, and I hope... I hope Dr. Manny Seti pulls it off. It reminds me of the old Tea Party days. We'll see. We'll see. He gave it a hell of a try, and I hope he comes out on top. I think he'll be a terrific center. Here's the other thing. May the best man win. May the best woman win. Okay? But when the best man running happens to be a minority, isn't that like a two for Mr. Producer? A young guy... What is it that Biden said? Clean, articulate, the American dream. If he happens to be the most conservative and a constitutionalist, those are good things. That's what we want. I had supported, you'll recall, Zudi Jasser, an American who is Muslim, who's been on this show many times, solid, pro-American, a, vet, a Navy veteran, conservative as hell. Uh, for the Senate seat in uh, in Arizona. And what did Ducey do, the governor? Well, he obviously picked somebody else. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And he's also the most conservative. Okay. It's Thursday, as in every other day of the week. So Biden must have said something racist, or at least bigoted. And he did. And he gets a pass. Here he is at the virtual convention of the National Association of Black Journalists and the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Cut one, go. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I, I don't know. How much more can African Americans take from this guy? It's unbelievable. They're willing to swap. I mean, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. But of course, the black community, with just a few exceptions, I would ask LeBron James, what do you think about that? Oh, no, that's okay. He's down with the revolution. How about Oprah Winfrey? Actually, I can't stand her. I wouldn't ask her anything. But you get my drift, folks? They're just all about Democrats. They're not about race. They're not about bigotry. It's just they're all for Democrats. One more time, because it's really remarkable. And it's remarkable that that doesn't lead on every news program in the country. Because this isn't the first time. I can't even count how many times. Cut one, go. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Absolute bigot and absolute idiot. By the way, another thing off the top I want to address, and we're going to dig in here. The lawsuit against the National Rifle Association of America which has its charter in New York. I don't know why it has its charter in New York. 
two things concern me about this lawsuit. Number one, the Attorney General of New York is a flaming left-wing crackpot. And number two, the timing intended to cripple the NRA's ability to have an impact on this election. Those two things worry me. I don't know anything about the substance. Those two things concern me. I don't see any lawsuits being brought against Media Matters. And in my view, they're a fraud. I don't see any lawsuits being brought against Planned Parenthood. I don't see any lawsuits being brought against any of these left-wing groups. Just like Twitter. I see the president being banned, or his campaign being banned, other conservatives being banned. I don't see any problem on the left with Twitter, do you? And the NRA countersued the New York Attorney General, so that'll be going on for quite a while, but... This is my point. My point is, isn't the timing perfect for this kind of a lawsuit if you're a liberal Democrat? I want to get into something that is near and dear to my heart. No, not McDonald's. I've been trying to lay off McDonald's. My wife worries about my health. She wants me to lay off McDonald's, so I'm going to lay off McDonald's. Here I come, Burger King. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Mr. Producer. Just kidding. (laughs) Now, as you know, I wrote this book. We call it Unfreedom of the Press. Unfreedom of the Press. And constantly, constantly, we get this, these reports, these surveys that, that underscore the basic premise of the book. That the press isn't really free, that it's full of opinion, and the opinion really goes one way. That's really the premise of the book. And then I provide evidence, I provide the professors who are pushing it, I, I lay out the dangers that it creates. And we've talked about this several times, the Commission on Freedom of the Press. Now this commission came out with its report in 1946. And what did it warn? It warned that news organizations are going to lose the support of the American people and should lose the support of the American people if it doesn't stop commingling opinion with information. In fact, it warned, quote, the modern press itself is a new phenomenon. This is back in 46. Its typical unit is the great agency of mass communication. These agencies can facilitate thought and discussion. They can stifle it. They can advance the progress of civilization or they can thwart it. They can debase the vulgarized and, and vulgarize mankind. They can endanger the peace of the world. They can do so accidentally in a fit of absence of mind. But they can play up or down the news that's significant, foster and feed emotions, create complacent fictions and blind spots, misuse the great words, and uphold empty slogans. Now, this is a commission of the media, not government. Their scope and power increasing every day as new instruments become available to them. These instruments can spread lies faster and farther, Twitter, 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 than our forefathers dreamed when they enshrined the freedom of press in the First Amendment. And so they cautioned that with the means of self-destruction, the means of self-destruction that are now at their disposal, men must live if they are to live at all by self-restraint, moderation, and mutual understanding. So they're warning. They're warning themselves. They're trying to police themselves. 
That's 64 years ago. Or something like that. Make me 74 years ago. But in any event, it's a serious, serious danger. Not just to the media, but to the republic. And here's this piece. Here's this piece, the Illinois News Bureau, that was put out the other day, and I meant to get to it yesterday because it really links into unfreedom of the press. Journalists' Twitter use shows them taking talking within smaller bubbles. Journalists in Washington, D.C. have long been accused of living in a beltway bubble, isolated from the broader public, talking too much to each other. Their interactions on Twitter, however, show them congregating in even smaller micro-bubbles. And they did this study. The journalists within each communicate more among themselves than with journalists outside the group. That means beltway journalism may be even more insular than previously thought, say the study authors, Nikki Usher, and Yeman Margaret Eng, raising concerns about the vulnerability to groupthink and blind spots. Now, you will see the word groupthink laced throughout my book on freedom of the press, and I demonstrate the groupthink with mounds and mounds of evidence, including the fact that most of these people come out of the same party and support the same party or their family members do. And we also look at their ideological drive in the book. Usher and Ng, journalism professors at the University of Illinois, Urbana Campaign, identified nine clusters of journalists or communities of practice in their study. Their, quote, elite legacy cluster was the largest, including about 30% of the journalists covered in the study, with the Washington Compost, NBC News, uh, National Pubic Radio, and the New York Slimes among the major newsrooms represented. A congressional journalism cluster included about 20%. The other clusters centered around CNN, television producers, local news, uh, regulatory journalists, and so forth. In leading the study, Usher said she wanted to describe the contours of what political journalism in Washington looks like and the process of making news unfold. Another goal was to better understand how journalists connect to them and learn from each other and establish conventional knowledge. How many times have I said they create their own reality and then project it onto us? I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
Happy birthday to my wife, Julie. All right, all right, all right, I'm running out of time. Okay. Now, what's important to understand here is most so-called modern journalists, with a couple of exceptions, have become sort of the Antifa movement in the media, Mr. Producer. Or I call them kamikaze journalists. They're out to destroy. They're resisting. They're not reporting. They have radical professors who put an ideology push that they need to be different in the age of Trump. But they've been different in the age of Reagan, in the age of Re- uh, Nixon, and so forth. They're always different when it comes to Republicans, and particularly in the age of Trump, because they, they really felt they were on the precipice of the fundamental transformation of America. I don't want the fundamental transformation of America. They can go screw off. I love our country the way it is. We need to make changes, we'll make changes. But we don't need a fundamental transformation. Look at the morons calling for a fundamental transformation. Look at them. What the hell do they know about anything? They don't know anything about anything. And I should tell you that regardless of how many surveys come out, or even my book, the media have no intention of changing. As I said, it's the Antifa movement of the press. That's what we have now. That's why they love Antifa. That's why they pretend there hasn't been rioting. They're still doing it out there in Portland, Oregon. Twitter. Twitter is the home base of the Marxist anarchist movement. That's why they keep dinging the President of the United States and his campaign. That's why they keep dinging conservatives and conservative groups. Twitter is the Antifa of big tech. Now, as these uh, professors comment, Twitter seemed an ideal way to do that. That is, given its role among journalists as a virtual water cooler, most of the time what happens on Twitter does not reflect the real world, they point out. But in the case of political journalism and political elites, generally speaking, what happens on Twitter is reality. These, these professors are fantastic. I don't know how they got tenure. It's an online reflection of their online lives and work, she said, and plays a significant role in agenda setting. You can see this with certain reporters. If you look at this guy, Brian Stelter, he's a Twitter Antifa journalist. That's what he is, in addition to being a moron. We'll continue this a little bit more, if you don't mind, and I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The Mark 
Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. So we have what I've now coined the Antifa journalists. I call them journalists, even though they're not, but you get the point. We have the Antifa journalists. Really a mob. You just heard that survey. Brilliantly put. You wouldn't be surprised if you read on Freedom of the Press. Now we have the KnightFoundation.org. And they've looked at this too. Americans still value the media's traditional roles in society, such as providing accurate news and holding powerful interests accountable for their actions. However, Americans see increasing levels of bias in the news media. Majority see bias in the news source they rely on most. Americans, Americans suspect inaccuracies in reporting are designed to push a specific agenda. Differences in Americans' opinions of the news media are most pronounced by political party affiliation. So, the vast majority of the news has become a propaganda machine for the Democrats. This is why I call it the Democrat Party Press. And... So the Democrats are mostly happy with it. The Republicans are not, and people who are not Democrats are not. Maybe a small fraction of Democrats are not. Again, exactly what you don't want to do to a profession. Now the media is politicized, and the vast majority of it is of the Antifa Democrat Party variety. Majorities of Americans say news organizations should diversify the reporting staffs, but they differ largely by politics on the focus of the diversity efforts. In other words, whether it's based on skin or what's between your ears. Americans commonly feel overwhelmed by the volume and speed of news, but say misinformation online is media's greatest problem. And of course, as the last survey pointed out, these uh, so-called journalists, these Antifa Democrat Party journalists, they're hooked on Twitter like a pervert is hooked on pornography. And that, in part, is what's going on. Local news plays a key role in political and civil engagement. Now, depending on where you live, your local news may suck. But at least you have more choices. And in many cases, that's what they do, actually do news. In a deeply divided nation, majorities of Americans say the media bears... Actually, if the English were proper, media is plural. The media bear blame for political division... But they also see the potential for the media to heal the divide. Well, I don't see the latter. Unless, of course, the current media dropped dead and they're replaced with people who are serious about being journalists. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. And as it continued to brilliantly leak one of these surveys and polls and stories to the next, we go to our friends at Breitbart, specifically Warner Todd Huston. ESPN subscriber losses accelerate as network returns to woke programming. You see, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN is not to many people a sports network anymore. It's a network of sportscasters, athletes, and ex-athletes who are mostly liberal. and mostly want to talk about systemic racism in America. And so most of you are sick and tired of it. And you're dropping your subscriptions. This is 
an extension of the Mark Levin defund movement or the Mark Levin BDS movement, where Black Lives Matter and other anti-Semites use it against the state of Israel. I'm saying we conservatives should take their techniques and apply it to them. Not in every instance. We don't believe in throwing Molotov cocktails at, at law enforcement. You get my point. And you're walking. The subscriptions and revenues for ESPN are plummeting at an increasingly fast rate as the network has replaced its sports coverage with leftist propaganda. Analyst Rich Greenfield recently looked at Disney and ESPN's reports and found very troubling numbers for the sports network and its parent company. ESPN's loss in subscribers is also shocking for its size. The loss of subscribers continues and is down another 6% year over year. So far, this year's subscriber uh, loss has accelerated over past years. The sports network was down 4.5% in the first quarter, 5.5% in second quarter, and a whopping 6% in the third quarter. Indeed, the 6% decline ESPN saw in the third quarter this year is just part of the decline suffered in every quarter since the third quarter of 2016. ESPN's ratings have also been crashing and burning. In July, for instance, ESPN saw its lowest ratings in the network's 41-year history as Woke Center on Steroids takes over. This is why you see an enormous drop in people watching the NFL. Major League Baseball. And now the National Hockey League is in. So they're dead to me. Dead, gone, forget it. And there they're kneeling or doing some kind of gyration for both national anthems, the Canadian and the American, because we all know when it comes to horrific human suffering and injustice, Canada and America are at the top of the list. How stupid are these people? And how stupid are people who fall for this, watching billionaires... Famous people pretend they're leaving a, leading a revolution. What the hell are they giving up? They're not giving up anything. They still have their lawyers and their accountants and their agents, and they squeeze every nickel out of every deal they can. What a bunch of frauds. And now you are reacting. You're saying no to ESPN. No to... Uh, to the National Basketball Association, no to Major League Baseball, and you'll say no to football. Because to me, football's the worst. It's my favorite sport, but it's the worst. It's got the biggest big mouths of the whole bunch. That uh, close, close second is the NBA. And the commissioners are absolutely moronic. Moronic. And you don't like the, the double standard and the hypocrisy where the NBA cozies up to a genocidal communist regime that's an enemy of the United States. We call it communist China. Well, they trash Americans. They trash their own fans as systemically racist. Nobody wants to pay money to a league and enrich players who call their fans systemically racist or a large portion of their fans systemically racist. And that's what's happening. And it's happening everywhere. Let's look here. This is what I mean. Here's another one. Gallup finds 84% of Americans say media to blame for U.S. political divide, underscoring the last point. 
The American people hate the media. Not because the president calls them the enemy of the people, but because they are the enemy of the people. They're the mouthpiece for Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They are the mouthpiece, collectively the mouthpiece, for the most radical elements of the Democrat Party. Ayach would just have been a freshman nut job, except they promoted her. They made her bigger than she was, and they're promoting that entire movement. With Talib and the Presley and Omar, she's in a fight tonight. Let's hope she loses, but you never know. There's a lot of kooks out there. And you know what? They're eating their own. What's happening now is these old-time leftists, they're leftists. Like William Clay in uh, the St. Louis area, who inherited his seat from his father. He was just defeated in a primary by a radical kook Marxist. And he's no uh, nothing to write home about. Like Elliot, Elliot Engel, Elliot, who moved further and further left. He was knocked off by a principal, a radical kook Marxist. And imagine that, he was a principal, Mr. Producer. We don't hire radical kook uh, types for, uh, for our public school system, do we? No, we don't. And he was knocked off. And look at Joe Biden. I know it's difficult. He's just a sieve. He's just a, a funnel through which Bernie Sanders, Antifa, Black Lives Matter... And all the other Marxist, American-hating, anti-Semitic entities pour their policies. And you say, okay, Mark, I'm going to go to the roof and jump off. No, we got to know who these people are and what they are. And I feel enough of you are going to be furious about this, that you're not only going to vote, you're not only going to vote early, you're going to make sure your family votes and votes early, you're going to make sure your friends and your colleagues and your neighbors vote early, I'm assuming you talk to a lot of them now. When I go down the street, I talk to my neighbors all the time. Except some of them I duck. But you understand what I mean. I see them all the time. We discuss lots of stuff like how many guns we have, how much ammo we have. About the school system. I have a neighbor who's a public school teacher. She's a conservative. And she whispers to me today, yes, the school should be open. But I can't even express myself. In America, about 30 to 35% of the public school teachers in this country are Republican. About 20% are moderate to moderate conservative to conservative. And it is the minority, I don't mean racial minority, I mean the minority, the conservatives and the Republicans who are not allowed to talk. If they talk, they're going to get in trouble. If they talk, talk, they're going to be be a problem. She said she can't speak up. Which brings me to the next point I want to cover after the break. Man, is this transition smooth or right? Sorry. Great piece at The Federalist, which is a great website. Why do we have public school teacher unions. What are they good for? Let's visit that when I return.
Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, the school opening issue is a very, very complex issue. It doesn't make any sense for the president to keep demanding these schools be open. Remember that NBC piece, Mr. Producer? We should dig that up for the next hour, the third hour. He's going, uh-oh. Uh, were all those pediatricians, and they were experts, said open the schools, and the science says open the schools. I don't understand. They tell us to follow the science, and when the science tells us to open the schools, they keep the schools closed. So it's clearly political. They tell us to follow the science. We're following the science. So why are all the schools closed, or most of them? It doesn't make any sense. So I'll get to this union, uh, teacher union stuff in the next hour. So a friend of mine, Mort Klein, many of you know who he is. He runs ZOA, Zionist Organization of America. And he writes this. Think about this. Ready? The U.S. population is 300. Well, the question of far- okay. We all right there, Mr. Reducer? The U.S. population is 330 million. And in five months, the number of deaths was 130,000. The number of deaths as a percentage of the entire population is 0.03939%. Compared to the number of cancer cases diagnosed in 2019, 1,762,000 cases and 607,000 deaths, one of them being my mother. So he's saying, there we have 607,000 deaths. This doesn't seem far-fetched because it's happening before our eyes. A very well-orchestrated plan or an unimaginable set of events that just seem to fall into place with the United States front and center. Scare people with a virus, force them to wear masks, and place them in quarantine. Count the number of dead every second of every day in every news headline. And by the way, 99 uh, and 8 tenths of the people who get the virus recover. About 1 to 2 tenths of 1% who get the virus die. Most of them have other medical problems. Did you catch that? Less than half of a percent pass away. Close businesses, that is 35 million people instantly unemployed, remove entertainment, prohibit recreation, Closed parks, gyms, bars, restaurants, and sports. No dating, no touching. Isolate people. Dehumanize them. Closed temples and churches. 
Prohibit worship. Create a vacuum and let depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and desperation set in. Then ignite hatred and civil unrest, creating a civil war. Empty the prisons because of the virus and fill the streets with criminals. Send in Antifa to vandalize property as if they are freedom fighters. Undermine the law, riot, loot, attack all law enforcement, but tell government to order a stand down. Then defund law enforcement, abolish police. We are all being played by those who want to destroy America. This is how you destroy a nation from within. And in a very short order, will it work? I guess it depends on you and me. Election day is coming. I didn't write this, says Mort, but it needs to be shared. So Mort didn't write it, but he did pass it along. And it is absolutely brilliant. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? That's why your schools are closed. That's why the most Marxist of the mayors, DiCamio, is treating New York City as if it's North Korea. That's why the Democrats are attacking the police. That's why the mayors are not protecting their citizens. I'll read this again in the third hour for those of you who may have been, I don't know, distracted. How come we don't have the number of cancer deaths every day on our television screen? That's the number one cause of death in America. How come we don't have that? And by the way, it's not even close. The number of deaths on the virus versus cancer, it's not even close. And there are very few vaccines for cancer last time I checked. How come those aren't on the screen all the time? We know why. Every news outlet, even our favorite, that does this every single day, they don't focus on cancer. They don't focus on heart attacks and strokes or any of that. They don't even dip into the number of suicides that are taking place or anything kind and give us charts on that. Any news organization that continues to put on its monitor these charts is out to destroy the President of the United States, wittingly or unwittingly. Because the Democrats use that information, Biden does, to blame the President of the United States. You're going to blame him for cancer too? I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, When our friends at National Review... Rich Larry and Ramesh Panaru, they say this election is out of the president's hands. Among other things, the China virus and the economy, if they don't turn around, there's nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. This kind of underscores the piece I read to you in the first hour that was sent to me by my buddy Mark Klein. 
Nothing he can do. He's asking the schools to be open. The teachers' unions won't allow it. Why? The science is on the side opening the schools. He wants to open the economy. Fauci says no. Democratic governors say no. Why? Well, you'll spread the... No, no, no. There's plenty of scientists that say open. That these lockdowns don't control the spread. We can protect those who are mostly vulnerable. But we've got to get the economy going. So the president's trying to do that. The Democrats refuse. The Democrats, so-called scientists, refuse. And then there's the media propaganda. Day in and day out, day in and day out. It would help a lot. If we had a little bit more aggressive reporting and challenging from our friends on the conservative side. It really would. To repeat, the U.S. population is 330 million. And in five months, the number of deaths was 130,000. And by the way, in many cases, thank you, Democrat governors. The number of deaths as a percent of the population is 0.03939% compared to the number of cancer deaths diagnosed in 2019, 1,762,607,000 of whom died. This doesn't seem far-fetched because it's happening before our eyes. A very well-orchestrated plan or an unimaginable set of events that just fell into place with the United States front and center scared people with the virus, forced them to wear masks, placed them in quarantine. In other words, completely dispirit the American people, depress them, put them out of business, take their jobs from them. Count the number of dead every second of every day in every news headline. And by the way, 99 and 8 tenths of the people who get the virus recover. About 1 to 2 tenths of 1% who get the virus die. Most of them have other medical problems. That's less than half a percent. Closed businesses, 35 million instantly unemployed. Remove entertainment, prohibit recreation, close parks, close gyms, close bars, close restaurants, close sporting events. No dating, no touching, isolate people, dehumanize them. Close temples and churches, worship is prohibited. Create a vacuum and let depression, anxiety, and hopelessness and desperation set in. This is what National View should have written. Then ignite hatred and civil unrest, creating civil war. Empty the prisons because of the virus and fill the streets with criminals. Send in Antifa to vandalize property as if they are freedom fighters. Undermine the law, riot, loot, attack all law enforcement, but tell government to order a stand down. Then defund law enforcement and abolish police. We're all being played by those who want to destroy this country. This is how you destroy a nation from within. And in a very short time. Will it work? Sounds like it has it over at National Review. I guess that depends on on you and me. Election day is coming. Now, as for the schools, the schools are being shut down across this nation because that's the way the teachers' union wants it. They are not following the science. They are not following the science. Now, I don't like to go back and play things, but here the school year is supposed to start and kids are supposed to go to school and socialize and, and get school lunches and, and learn stuff. But apparently, as I said before, 
It's utterly unnecessary. Why? We can slash our teacher numbers now. We can slash our school budgets now. We can start selling school buildings now because the teachers union has shown us we don't need all these teachers. And yet they still want to be paid. So let's follow the science. This is from three weeks ago. And we played it here. Three weeks ago. And we're still debating on whether kids should go to school because the Democrats don't want them to go to school. You shut the damn federal government for three days and nothing's affected and the sky's falling down. You shut the schools for a year where the kids are horribly affected and your taxes are getting pissed away. They say that's for the health of the kids and the teachers. B.S. Cut 17, go. As schools struggle with reopening safely, NBC News reached out to five top pediatricians across the country, a random sampling of doctors, to find out just how dangerous the coronavirus is for kids. Our experts agree most children don't get as sick as adults and that serious complications are rare. This has been a strange pandemic because usually for respiratory viruses, children are the first and the most substantially affected. And this has really been a flip of that, where it's our adults and particularly our older adults that have been more affected. In fact, kids only account for 2% of all cases. Doctors say they don't expect that number to significantly increase when schools open because kids don't appear to be good at spreading the virus. Are kids as good at transmitting the virus as adults? The data that's come out now um, seems to show that most transmissions occur from adults to adults or adults to children. The younger you are, probably the less likely you are to be able to transmit the disease. While many teachers are concerned about reopening school so soon, the five doctors we spoke to agreed. The benefits of being in the classroom far outweigh the risk of disease. But the key is to reopen safely. We are... Uh, not seeing transmissions when we're following some simple guidelines. I think each school system is going to have to come up with their own guidelines because you can't just say that one city is just like the next. All agree guidelines should include rules for social distancing. Keep desks three to six feet apart and make sure desks aren't facing each other. Schools may want to consider holding gym classes outside. In your perfect world of sending kids back to school, what would you like seeing set up in those school systems? They should try to um, increase the airflow in the classrooms, um, try to distance as much as possible. I have been doing a lot of um, research looking into face masks. I don't think they're um, necessarily useful in elementary school children. They do um, provide protection. You hear that, Fauci? I just wanted him to know. Go ahead. Students. Would you let your kids go back to school? I will. My kids are looking forward to it. Yes. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as I can. (laughs) Without a hesitation. Without a hesitation, yes. I have no concerns about sending my child to school in the fall. I would let my kids go back to school. Dr. John Torres, NBC News. But the kids are not going back to school. The Federalists. John Daniel Davidson, I like this guy. He writes very, very well, and he's right on point. Teachers' unions are attempting political blackmail. It's time to break them up. 
It's not enough that public school teachers and the college professors who train them are increasingly prone to teaching leftist absurdities like 2 plus 2 equals 5, are presenting the mandacious 1619 Project as legitimate American history. Teachers' unions are now trying to blackmail the entire country into meeting a set of leftist political demands for reopening the schools this fall using COVID-19 as their excuse. Of course, the pandemic certainly presents challenges for, a reop- for reopening schools, but other sectors of society have managed to rise to the occasion over the past several months to keep the country running. And I would argue the schools are swimming in hundreds of billions of dollars. You're the one paying your property taxes in most, most states to fund them. Let me ask you, have your property taxes been cut? Did they freeze them or something? I mean, it's amazing. I can't wait to see the increase in the property taxes levied by my county when the teachers aren't working and the administrators aren't working. I can't wait to see this. Grocery store clerks, truck drivers, warehouse workers, and of course, police, firefighters, doctors, nurses, all have kept working, sometimes under tough conditions, sometimes at great personal risk. Then there are teachers' unions. More than any other group during this pandemic, teachers' unions have shown themselves to be objectively selfish, hyper-political, and totally intransigent about teaching during the pandemic. They are willing to lie about the science behind COVID-19 transmission and shamelessly stroke fear to advance their partisan agenda. Just about the last thing these unions seem to care about is educating children or helping the country get back on its feet. On Monday, an alliance of teachers' unions and leftist groups in dozens of states staged a national day of resistance, issuing a series of demands that they say must be met before their members will return to the classroom. What do they want? Rents and mortgages canceled. A massive infusion of federal money from taxing billionaires on Wall Street. Moratoriums on new charter schools and voucher programs. And standardized tests. And, of course, police-free schools, among other things. We talked about that yesterday. Some teachers' unions have gone a step further. In New York City, one group is demanding teachers not to be required to return to school until a minimum of 14 days have passed after any new COVID-19 cases, claiming their lives are at risk if schools open, despite evidence to the contrary. During protests Monday, hundreds of New York City teachers marched with handmade coffins and, and a guillotine, chanting, wording to slogans like, Children can't learn if they're dead. This is why the teachers' union, which is one of the most political and left-wing unions in America, this is why they're trying to do this. And this is why National Review is giving voice. Not, it doesn't support this, National but giving voice. If things don't turn around, like what things? Kids don't go to school, I assume, right? Well, look what's going on. Elsewhere in the country, it's more of the same. In Massachusetts, the state's second largest teacher union is demanding remote-only instruction. In Austin, Texas, the teachers' union has issued a lengthy list of demands, including no in-person instruction until mid-November, at least a guarantee of full pay with no layoffs or furloughs, and all employees having the right to refuse to work if they feel unsafe. Can you imagine running anything like this? Earlier this month, a large teachers' union in L.A. demanded everything listed above, as well as things the city school district 
has no power to do, like the passage of Medicare for all, a California wealth tax, a federal bailout of the school district, and defunding the local police. We hit that yesterday, too. Now, beyond these nakedly political demands, many unions want their teachers to get paid for not working. According to a report last week in the New York Slimes, some unions are trying to limit the amount of time teachers have to spend teaching each day online while getting paid in full. Amazing, isn't it? Of course, they've endorsed Biden. They're part of the Cloward-Piven movement, you see. Flood the system. And in this case, deny the system. All this amounts to political blackmail. The teachers' unions know that millions of parents can't afford to stay home from work to educate their kids, nor can many afford private schools or private tutors. They think they have leverage, and in many places they do, if only because city and state elected officials are unwilling to stand up to them. And in many of these places, ladies and gentlemen, it's the same type of government we've seen with the mayors who are eviscerating their police forces in the face of massive riots and murders. What all this presents for leaders willing is an opportunity to bust the teachers union and give power to parents and families, something I and Landmark Legal Foundation have been fighting for for 40 years. 40 years now. Instead of acceding to the union's outrageous demands, many of which have nothing to do with the pandemic and everything to do with politics, elected officials either at the state or local level could issue vouchers to families and let them decide how best to educate their children this fall. President of the United States proposed this a month ago. Specifically, they could create educating savings accounts, which simply give parents a savings account dedicated to their kids' education. The state deposits the child's public education dollars into the account, and there are other proposals, too. It's not new. They're out there. But the teachers' union might strike. What did I say the other day? How will we know? How will we know if they strike? Since they're not permitting the schools to open. The teachers' union, in the aggregate, is... George Wallace and Orville Faubus, which I've said over and over again, standing in the doorhouse, in the in the doorway to the schoolhouse. Except in this case, they're not letting any children get educated. This is blackmail. We are paying their salaries, their benefits, their medical care, while many of them, not all of them, many of them refuse to teach. They don't give a crap about your kids. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Go to Charlie in Georgia, Sirius Satellite. Go, Charlie. Hello, Charlie. You there? Hello. Hello. You're on. Go. Am I? Am I not speaking in English? All right. Who Hello? else do? Who else do we have, Mister Producer? Tim in Delaware, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, Tim. Hey, Tim. Hey, Mark. How you doing? It's a great All right, honor buddy. to talk to you. It's- Thank you. Literally 30, 30 plus years I've been listening to you. Wow. Originally from Philly. Originally from Philly, started listening to you. I think the call signal was WPHT. I don't remember. Well, the uh, only way you would listen to me is as the director of legal affairs on the Rush Limbaugh show, because I've been doing this show about 20 years. Yeah, it might have been started then. But, yes. um, but anyway, but thank from you. Philly, currently live in Wilmington, Delaware. Great honor. First time. Is that a step up or a listen. step down? Uh, anyway, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, so the situation is this, Lynn. This is a actually alarm bells. My daughter goes to private high school in Delaware, Wilmington. Um, they are pushing this social justice stuff down their throats in in the high school. Not only in the high school, but I found out the other day they're pushing this down to the kindergarten and three preschool with um, – authentic voices i don't even know if i if you ever heard of it but they are they have a director of social justice position that's in, on the executive council and they are pushing the social justice stuff as equivalent to math science reading it is ridiculous i, I want you to know something and i'm glad you brought this up i got a call from a friend yesterday in new jersey this is being done in private schools all over america and i don't think the folks in America understand that the private schools are now under attack because many of them are open or trying to open. And this entire systemic racism agenda, 1619 agenda, having an individual hired who uh, who ensures that the minorities, many of whom get uh, uh, scholarships to go into these schools that are paid for by the other uh, by the other parents, that this is happening throughout. I want to hold this caller throughout private schools. We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, my conservative friends, if you're not a member of AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, this is the day to join. Seriously. AMAC represents those who genuinely care about our country, 
our Constitution, and the nation's future. And let's be honest, America is under siege. And only one membership group gives you benefits and discounts, plus deep convictions to defend America's values. Join AMAC because they stand guard, all two million members, and growing to save the future. And uh, the left is tearing this country down, defacing churches, statues, and on and on. But AMAC is in the arena every day, in every way. And you could be too if you join now. Now, there are alerts, magazine, website, social media keep you informed on what's happening. AMAC's national benefits and discounts save you a lot of money. They are fantastic. And most of all, AMAC is the embodiment of what we believe in, and they fight for it every day. So go ahead and check them out. It's amac.us, A-M-A-C.us. That's A-M-A-C.us. Join today. Let's go back to Tim in Wilmington. So, Tim, you're telling me what's going on in the private school where you send your kid, and I'm, wanting, I'm, wanting, I'm letting you know and the nation know this is actually happening all over the country. It is part of a, of a network. It's part of a campaign. And what they've decided is... They can't allow, allow private schools, or that is, non-public education. They're not going to leave it alone. They want to corrupt it as well. Absolutely. One of the things that they school sent my uh, child the other day, um, they had a Zoom meeting for all the upper school, the high school age uh, children, and they asked, immediately after that they sent a two-page email with links to books, websites, uh, including 1619 project, both Unbelievable. the entire and New York Times, uh, the all the documents, but also to a, uh, a 1619 uh, video that I guess summarized it. They also um, talked about mm-hmm. they want them to read the what the book by what's her name, Robin DiAngelo, White Fragility. Oh, um, they are. Um, they, in the document, they also put like five links for organizations to provide financial support, including NAACP, Black Lives Matters, and a couple of other organizations. Um, they, um, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like, but it's like it's not just the high school. This it's all the way down to kindergarten. I mean, this is generational. People need to wake up. Yeah, we're 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 going to lose every successive generation now. Absolutely. And it's not just about turning them left. It's about the psychological damage that they're going to create mm-hmm. to the white kids and, say, and saying that you guys. And, 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 and what about families? Exactly. And then, but also to the, to the, to the non whites, especially the blacks, saying that you got to feel like a victim all the time. This is absolutely ridiculous. And people need to wake up. They need to start acting now. And I'm telling people who live in Wilmington, Delaware, you send your kid to private school, I don't care what private school, you better wake up and figure out what the hell they actually eat. Sorry, what, the, what they're actually Well, you all have the money going into these systems. Maybe you have to pull your kids out or punish them somehow. Problem is, where do you, what do you do now? Public schools are closed. You only have so many choices of private school. What, I mean, what's left? Homeschooling. But even they're attacking that. You know, I mean, it's like I think it was Robin D'Angelo as well wrote an article for um, I forget what magazine, but anyway, talked about homeschooling should be uh, eliminated because it. Yeah, it, she's it, a fraud. That's my opinion, yeah. and she's welcome to come on this show and demonstrate that she's not. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. I'm sorry, but this is literally going on all over the country. A friend of mine called me from New Jersey last night. Said you're not going to believe what's going on here. 
we actually have minority students who come here on scholarship. In other words, their, their, their tuition is paid full. And they and their parents are coming in and, and making demands of the sort that this gentleman just talked about. And so what's happening is a more radicalized curriculum is being pushed by these organizations through these parents into the private schools. All right. Really, really horrific. Uh, Mr. Producer, do we have another caller there? On the Levin app, Kevin in California. Go right ahead, please. Mr. Levin, it's a great honor speaking with you. Per thank Sean you. Hannity, you are the great one. Well, I'm My the great big is- one uh, if you saw me right now, but thank you, sir. <laughs> Um, my question is this. Supreme Court had ruled with the socialcrats, who I call the Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, governors, indicating that parishioners are not allowed to congregate in churches. Not however, more than 10. Not more than 10. But however, Black Lives Matter protests, you can protest out in the street. Yep. There has been a scientific um, analogy come out where it indicated that um, blacks are more susceptible to the coronavirus. If that's the case, if you believe that study, then isn't the Supreme Court and the socialcrats uh, putting the blacks at harm risk? That's a good point. But we're noticing more and more that the people rioting and the violent people tend to be white members of Black Lives Matter. That's true. Very true. Very true, and to me is... Let let me just tell you what I think is going on here, and I talked about it the other night. Black Lives Matter is just the latest front group that was created in 2015 with Soros money and left-wing money and all this money coming from Europe. This is an international uh, action that's taking place. You can go on Facebook or Twitter, Twitter, Mark Levin Facebook, Mark Levin uh, Show, uh, Twitter, and uh, you'll see these articles there that lay it out. These are... uh, these are Marxist movements. They'll use race. They'll use religion. They'll use economics. They'll use whatever they have to use. And so you have a lot of suckers that fall for this Black Lives Matter movement, many of them in sports, many of them in news, many of them politicians like Mitt Romney. It's not about race. It's about crashing the United States. It's about destroying the economic system. I said before, these are, many of them are former Bernie Sanders supporters, and many of them are, as one of the, uh, as one of the reports point out. So they didn't get the nomination, but they got the Democrat Party. This is what's going on. It is a massive propaganda campaign. You have suckers like Oprah and LeBron James and many people in sports. You have suckers uh, on the left. You have uh, suckers, these liberal white mayors in these cities. And they go along with because many of them support it. Many of them support it. And so that's what's going on. And all these kids are going to be damaged. The schools are closed. They're, they're taking advantage of this uh, of this virus, even though the science tells them to open it. Our cops are under attack, so we're going to have very, very a tough time now protecting our streets and protecting our communities. And uh, all I have read is the National Review says, well, if things don't turn around, Trump loses. We have to win the war of words. We have to explain what's going on here and why it's going on, rather than surrender like this. It's just appalling, because everything's at stake. Go right ahead, sir. My last question, with public schools eliminating history, they're destroying all the, the statues. The two main Confederate figures I want to indicate, 
Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson. Robert E. Lee freed his father-in-law's slaves four years before the Civil War. He thought it was a moral evil. So, in essence, he was not uh, a slaveholder. In addition to that, Stonewall Jackson... Let me, let me slow down, because, you know, what you're saying <clears throat> is really not allowed to be said. You understand that. Robert E. Lee was invited by Lincoln to head the Union forces. But back then, he said he was a child of Virginia because his father was a very famous child, and so was his grandfather, uh, children of Virginia. And he felt it was necessary to fight on the side of Virginia. It wasn't that Robert E. Lee was big on slavery, as you just point out. That's who he was. He believed in Virginia. Now, you can call him a traitor. You can call him anything else. But what's Black Lives Matter and Antifa? What's the Democrat Party? They're traitors. They want to fundamentally transform America. Okay. Well, the Confederacy wanted to fundamentally transform America, too. So whether you do it as a Marxist or you do it as a Confederate, you're not promoting Americanism. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. And look at Biden and his endless racist comments. Endless. Just let you go. Jeff, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Jeff, go ahead. Hi, Mark. Thanks for everything you do. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you about the Federalist Papers, number 10, and how— One of the most that, cited ones. Go ahead. Uh, um, but I, I was reading uh, number 10 uh, of the Federalist Papers last night, and it just really hit me at how— a lot of that is going on now with them getting into the government and them getting, you know. Now, who do you mean? What do you mean by them? Uh, well, uh, going against the government and kind of infiltrating from like within. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not. I, I'm. If you're not, talking about these factions, was what they talk about. Is you're exactly right. They feared these factions taking over uh, elements of the government, and they felt they set up a constitution that would prevent that. Yeah, and, and all of that's happening now. That's that's the foresight that they had, and it's just it's amazing to me because, I mean, you're seeing it, and they talked about it. and it, it, but we, we have had a slow burn on the Constitution, even today, the Roberts Court, because of John Roberts. They're not upholding, in many respects, the Constitution of the United States. You have these Republican-appointed justices. You can think of Souter. You can think of Blackman. I go down a huge list. Brennan, for God's sakes, appointed by Eisenhower. Um, the Warren Court. Uh, Warren was appointed by Eisenhower because he wanted to get him the hell out of California. You can go on and on and on. These these justices did not adhere to the Constitution. They just didn't, and they're not going to. You even see, uh, uh, as I say, Roberts. You see... Uh, what is that guy? Is a Neil? Uh, what a, I'm just, his name is out of my head. Gorsuch. No, no. I, I almost said that. Gorsuch. You can see he how he how he plays games and so forth. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Well, we can fix this. You know, if they lose this next election, the Democrats and Trump wins, Trump will have enormous flexibility to deal with them. Moreover. Moreover, can you imagine after all this, they lose again? It's going to be up to us. We need the Reagan revolution, the Tea Party revolution, the Trump revolution. We need conservatives of all stripes. 
We need moderate conservatives of all stripes. We need to take the suburbs. We need to bring in blue-collar Democrats. And you don't have to be a Democrat. Blue-collar people who work on assembly lines, people who work on farms and ranches, people who work at grocery stores, people who work hard. The Democrats always pretend to represent you. Well, they're keeping your kids out of school right now. Do they represent you? They're destroying your police departments. Do they represent you? They want open borders, open borders for illegal immigrants to flow into the country. Imagine what that'll do to your job, to your tax base, and everything else. People better wake the hell up. Or when they wake up and the election's over, they're going to say to me what one gentleman said to me today. Where are we going to go? Where should we go? What state? What country? Has that crossed anybody's mind, Mr. Producer? It shouldn't. Not in America, but it is. It's crossing the minds of most of you. So you got to fight back. You got to at least lift a finger. You got to at least make sure on election day you're going to bring five or ten people with you, or they're going to win. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Very easy to laugh at Joe Biden, even while he's hiding in the comfort of his basement. He's a daily gaff and racist machine who can't string three words together or come up with an original idea or thought. So it's painfully obvious that Biden's nothing more than a Trojan horse for Antifa, for Black Lives Matter, for Bernie Sanders and the other Marxists. If he wins this November, America's in very, very dire straits. The left will become even more unleashed, radical, will fundamentally transform you, your life, your family, your home, your neighborhood, and of course this country into a place we won't be able to recognize. So we must fight back, candidly discuss the most important issues affecting our country and expose their true agenda. And this, my friends, is what we do each and every day on Levin TV, which airs on the Blaze TV network. Now, if you're not currently a subscriber to Blaze TV, Please do everything you can to join us, our national town hall meeting. The bigger it gets, the more the word will get out. And if you're not currently a subscriber, give it a shot. Register now. Get your first 30 days free. You can see if you like it. That's 30 days of amazing pro-American conservative content for free, but only if you register now. Please go to levintv.com. That's L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. LevinTV.com, L-E-V-I-N-TV.com. The more, the merrier now. We need as many as possible. It's only a matter of time, and I told you they would try this, because Biden has said he's going to pick a, a black woman, he's basically said, uh, as vice president, uh, as his vice presidential pick. You're going to see an effort made to prevent anybody from criticizing them because of their race, and their genitalia. Well, it just happened. USA Today, over 100 black women leaders and activists slammed comments made of black women being considered to be Joe Biden's running mate as racist and sexist in an open letter published the other day, yesterday. Senator Kamala Harris, Representative Karen Bass, former U.S. Ambassador Susan Rice, Representative Val Demings, former Georgia Democratic Governor candidate Stacey Abrams have all been floated as possible VP contenders for Biden. The letter comes as Biden is nearing an announcement. They say he's down to two. 
uh, Rice and Harris, and I suspect it'll be Harris, but who knows, on his VP pick. It also comes just days after Virginia Mayor made a Facebook post that read, Joe Biden has just announced, I don't need to read that. What does this have to do with anything, USA Today? Regardless of your political affiliation, whether it's the media, members of the vice president vetting committee, a former governor, a top political donor, a small town mayor. We're not your Aunt Jemima, as the letter said. That's the phrase this uh, mayor had used. The use of racist myth of a happy black servant portrayed as a happy domestic worker, loyal to her white employer, is not lost on us. Ladies and gentlemen, of course that's an outrage. But is this really aimed at some mayor in Luray, Virginia? Or is it aimed at anybody who criticizes one of these potential nominees? While some of the relentless attacks on black women and our leadership abilities have been suggestive than others, make no mistake, we are qualified and ambitious without remorse. That's not the criticism. The criticism is you're left-wing without remorse. And these are left-wing, for the most part, radical left-wing who signed the letter. Radical left-wing. We know damn well what happens to conservatives who are black in this country. By the media and by the Democrats. One and the same thing. They're trashed. We know exactly what happens to black conservative women, black conservative men. They're not treated fairly and justly and equally by the party of the Confederacy, the Democrat Party. Or the media today, the Antifa Antifa media. Now we're going to hit this subject next hour. The title is, An Effective COVID Virus Treatment the Media Continues to Besmirch. And I I looked at this, I said, again? And then I started to read it and said, wow, this is quite compelling. And I've also thought about this. This Sunday, my guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin is the great Attorney General Bill Barr. And I've decided the following Sunday, I'm going to focus the entire hour on hydroxychloroquine. You might say that's bizarre. It's not bizarre. I want to take them all on, every damn one of them. That'll be the following Sunday. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There is a... I'll use the word fantastic piece in real clear politics on the coronavirus or the hydro hydroxychloroquine. 
And it's really worth reading. Now, among other things, it points this out. There are now 53 studies, and this is by a professor. There are now 53 studies that show positive results of hydroxychloroquine in COVID infections. There are 14 global studies that show neutral or negative results, and 10 of them were patients in very late stages of COVID-19, where no antiviral drug can be expected to have much effect. Of the remaining four studies, two come from the same University of Minnesota author. The other two from the faulty Brazil paper, which should be retracted, and the fake Lancet paper, which was retracted. Let me repeat this. And then, of course, Fauci attacks the tests. And this article does a damn good job of explaining them to you. There are now 53 studies that show positive results of hydroxychloroquine in COVID infections. There are 14 global studies that show neutral or negative results. Ten of them were patients... In very late stages of COVID-19, where no antiviral drug can be expected to have much effect, of the remaining four studies, two come from the same University of Minnesota author. The other two are from the faulty Brazil paper, which should be retracted, and the fake Lancet paper, which was retracted. Millions of people, millions of people are taking or have taken hydroxychloroquine in nations that have managed to get their national pandemic under some degree of control. Two recent large early-use clinical trials have been conducted by the Henry Ford Health System and a Mount Sinai uh, system showing a 51% and 47% lower mortality, respectively. In hospitals, patients are given hydroxychloroquine. I'm reading its studies so Dr. Fau- slowly so Dr. Fauci can follow. A recent study from Spain, published on July 29, two days before Ma- Margaret Sullivan's st- uh, strafing of fringe doctors. Remember those doctors in white coats and how Twitter and others banned that video? Shows a 66% reduction in COVID mortality in patients taking hydroxychloroquine. No serious side effects are reported in these studies. No epidemic or heartbeat abnormalities. This is why Anthony Fauci will not appear with any of these experts. He will not appear with any of these experts. Because when he puts down a congressman or... Or says uh, that that study didn't have you know this this uh, didn't have you know sugar tablets uh, didn't have you know these experts can respond to him. These experts can respond to him. And uh, what we have now basically is the government doctors and scientists, but mostly doctors, backed by the media and the Democrat Party. Why? What did I read to you in the beginning of the show? They don't want any breakthroughs. They don't want any normalcy. They want 
people to think we're living on hell, in hell on earth, and then blame it on Trump. Blame it on Trump. And that's exactly what's going on here. Now, Nancy Pelosi, I told you, is a nasty old lady who should bring a multi-million dollar lawsuit against her plastic surgeon. I really believe that. She is in a constant state of sweat. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? She's got four eyebrows, and her forehead is dripping into her chin. It's not a pretty picture. It's one we've seen before with John F. Kerry. And she looks more like John F. Kerry by the day, I think. So Nancy Pelosi, as we affectionately call her, Eva Pelosi, because she, she has an affinity for references to the Nazis, so I gave her one. Like Eva Peron, uh, Eva Braun, Eva Nancy, is on the Pubic Broadcasting System News Hour the other day. And Judy Woodruff, hardly a right-winger, dares to question. I mean, Judy Woodruff. Can you imagine if it was Andrea Mitchell? You know, Madam Speaker, Trump is Hitler, and Pence is Mussolini, and the Republicans hate people, and they want to kill people. What do you think? Well, that's not exactly what happened here when Nancy lost her mind again. Cut 11, go. The other point Republicans are making is they are now showing flexibility in money for state and local governments. This is, again, a difference. Democrats want more money. Republicans want a lot less. They are saying they're willing to show flexibility. And they're also saying a lot of the money that was passed in the spring, Madam Speaker, has not even been spent yet. Well, so if you want to be an advocate for them, there. Judy, if you want to be an advocate for them, no, I'm, let's know I'm, what the facts are. I'm playing are. devil's advocate no, here no, I, to ask you for your position. You know, I mean, the point is we have a bill that meets the needs of the American people. It's called the HEROES Act. Uh, they have not even, uh, they don't even want to do state and local. And when they do, it's very meager. And they want to revert to money from before. There you go. I still have not found a single television news organization that has pushed away just for a few seconds their China virus charts and put up a chart showing us exactly what's in the Democrat proposal. Because if you saw that, you'd throw up your dinner. And then you'd know what a, what a serial, pathetic liar this nasty old woman, Eva Pelosi, actually is. But they won't do it. Many people in these newsrooms, they hear my show. They secretly listen. They won't do it. And you know why? Because they are what they are. They're not going to do it. So there's Pelosi. If you want to be an advocate for them, if you want to be an advocate for them, it's up to you, you know? Now, Michelle Obama, how can I say this? I don't think she's particularly bright. May I say that, Mr. Producer? Now, for those who will say you're saying that because she's a black woman. No, I think Susan Rice is actually very bright. I just strongly disagree with her. And I don't like the fact that she lied about Benghazi and so many other things. That's a character issue, not an intelligence issue. But Susan Rice is actually smart. Michelle Obama is actually pretty dumb. And I say that. Honestly, with all due respect, without provocation. 
And I'm going to prove it to you. Cut 13, go. When we were told to stay home, they got up, got dressed, and went out into the world, risking their lives to drive garbage trucks, to work in warehouses, to work in grocery stores, to work in hospitals, often doing invisible but, yes, essential work. And I struggle with it because I'm not sure that we treat them like they're essential. Yes. And that's something that we need to, that's a part of that reflection that we need to do, you know, with ourselves and, and, and as a community. Let's stop. Man, we're reflecting all the time, aren't we, Mr. Producer? White privilege, class struggle. There's no end to this. Who the hell's going to get the work done and pay all the taxes that they levy on us? Certainly not the teachers. Go ahead. And we have to think about that in terms of how uh, wealth is distributed. Oh, 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 now we got to think how wealth is distributed. Don't you get sick and tired of people where money came easy, like the Obamas, who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, talking about redistributing wealth? Seriously, they hire the best damn accountants they can, CPAs, top of the line, tax lawyers, to pay as little money as they can in taxes. He doesn't particularly give a lot in charity, neither does she. But we have to reflect, you see. We have to re-image. We, we have to funda- fundamentally uh, self-examine about wealth distribution, how wealth is distributed in our country. Go ahead. How, how these essential people are supported and what does that mean? A lot of these people are broke. They don't have health insurance. Now, this is precious. We destroyed our health care system in many respects. That is the insurance part of it for Obamacare. And we still, according to her, we still have a disaster on our hands. We still have a disaster on our hands. We keep adopting these left-wing policies, and we still have a disaster on our hands. We've been redistributing wealth for half a century. We still have a disaster on our hands. Nitwit. May I say that? I think I did. Go ahead. If they were to get sick, as essential as they are, we have not as a society deemed it essential to make sure that they can go to the doctor and get the care. What the hell are you talking about? That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. We have Medicaid. We have other services. We have Obamacare. I thought that would do it. What is she talking about? And many of the people who are putting food on the shelves, not all, are parts of a union. There's one supermarket I go to where they're unionized, one where I'm not, but they're paid very, very well, and they have health insurance. They just keep bringing up these bromides, you know, just keep picking at the scab. There's never any advancement. We're just going to always have a whole bunch of people who have nothing, a whole bunch of people who, do, who carry the country and yet are, are not paid right. We just need more wealth redistribution. Mr. Producer, I paid over 50% of my income, federal, state, and local last year. To God knows who. To God knows what. And all I keep hearing about is your white privilege and you don't pay enough taxes. We need to redistribute your wealth from multimillionaires who are minorities and multimillionaires who are white people. People of privilege. Go ahead. And even if they can get COVID care, even if they can get tested to keep working and doing our stuff, 
after the effects of the virus have worn off and they are dealing with some lung issues. This is the deal. You just keep going on and on. Oh, my God, it's so hard. Just can't. How about the swine flu and how you people in the Obama administration screwed it up royally? Horribly. Go ahead. Issue or asthma, that they don't have to wait in a an emergency room for hours on whoa, whoa, end. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what, are doctors going to come to our homes now, mister? You don't have to wait in an emergency room for hours on end? How are we supposed to treat everybody for free? I don't even understand how this is supposed to work. Do we have enough doctors? No. Do we have enough facilities? No. Do we have enough nurses? No. Do we have enough anything? No. When you give stuff for free, you know what you get? You get nothing. You get Venezuela. How many more damn times do we have to use humans as guinea pigs in experiments? She doesn't know how the hell anything works. Nothing. What has she ever done? Well, I have an organic uh, garden. Well, do you have an organic garden now, now that nobody's looking? Of course not. Of course not. She's made 20 or $25 million off book sales. She and her husband got over $60 million from Netflix. God knows how much money they're making. We have to redistribute wealth and redistribute. They're not living on a million dollars a year or half a million dollars a year. Nobody ever confronts them. Nobody has any guts. Because they only go on those platforms where they're slobbered all over. Do as I do, not as I say. In her case, we'd all be millionaires. But in her case, it's do as I say, not as I do. Ah, screw it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Guest tomorrow night, Mr. Producer. Can we see if Stephen A is available? I want to discuss sports with him. What's going on in sports and so forth? See where we agree, where we disagree. I happen to know Stephen A is a capitalist. He likes money too. He's also a wonderful man. So let's see if we can get him on. I do. I, I don't think there's anyone dumber than Pelosi. May I say that? Can I say that without being criticized? I think I can. All right, let's see here. Who do we have here? How about 
Carl, Savannah, Georgia, XM Satellite. Carl, go right ahead. Hey, Mark. Thank you for being on the air. Thank you for spreading the truth. You got it, baby. Um, I am a survivor of the 1974-75 Crestwood Teachers Strike. Give you the setup. Previous 10 years, Crestwood Teachers had been on strike eight of the 10 years. That made them the top 1% of teachers in the country. This also gave them the top half percent of benefits in the country. They had been striking for so long that finally the school board realized they couldn't afford it anymore. And they went to court against the union. And the judge sided with the school board, basically stating they can't pay you anymore. They've got too much. And basically, the judge said, if you don't show up for work the next Monday, you're fired. They fired them all. Mm-hmm. The only people that came across the picket lines were the ones that were not covered by the union, which meant board heads. I should say department heads. Well, I, I, think, I think that what has to happen is that conservative and libertarian legal groups, uh, Republican attorneys general, Republican governors need to get together, come up with a strategy. And if teachers don't want to work, other people do. Kids want to learn. Their parents want to learn. They need to be able to send them somewhere else. So this has to get cleaned up. You get paid. You don't want to work. You get your ass fired. That's my view. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Kevin McCarthy is the Republican leader in the House, and God willing, he'll be the speaker, because this is painful to watch this Nancy Pelosi day in and day out. Now, Kevin McCarthy, uh, we know what Nancy Pelosi wants to do. She wants to destroy our fiscal system. She wants to reward uh, blue states and their massive overspending on pensions. She wants to destroy our electoral system. She wants borders wide open. She wants to give everything to illegal aliens. Uh, what is it that we want to do on the conservative side? Mark, you, you lay it out very well. And I, I think in every election... How the hell do you deal with this woman? 
I got to be honest with you. I can't stand it, and I don't have to deal with it. I'm All right, anyway, go ahead. Not, it is not easy. But your listeners need to understand, and the country needs to understand, the contrast and what is at stake in this election. And you could sum it up, put it in three different forms. I mean, you laid it out. What do the Democrats want? It's very easy. Three D things. They want to defund our police and our border patrol. They want to dismantle what we know as a social, economic, and political institution. Omar literally said, a woman born in Somalia in a refugee camp in America brings her to this country, makes her a citizen. She becomes a congresswoman, and she thinks you need to dismantle America. And then Pelosi simply wants to destroy our economy with taxes, everything about it, the way we vote. Republicans, it's very simple. Think of the three things we want. We want to renew the American dream. What's it mean for the individual to have the liberty, the freedom, the school choice, to be able to expand any opportunity? We want to restore our, our way of life. We want to be safe to walk in the streets again. We want to be able to go to our cities and love them. We want to be able to go to our shops. We want to open up safely, smartly, responsible. And then we want to rebuild the biggest economy this country has ever seen nor this world. It's very simple. You want to re- renew Restore and rebuild. And what do they want to do? They want to destroy, dismantle um, the way of our life and to fund our police. Why can't, you know, she never just wants to do the right thing, which is people are out of work. They need help. Businesses are shuttering. They need help. Um, People are having trouble paying their rent. And uh, how about we put a little bit more money in their pockets by, uh, by, by, by eliminating temporarily the payroll tax? No, you can't just do that. No, no, no. We got to fundament, always fundamentally transforming America. You know, you you live in California. That's your district. She wants to turn the whole country into California with her voting madness, doesn't she? Yes, it's even worse because I live in a part of California that's more like Texas. She lives in San Francisco, and she's trying to make it that way. Remember, though, this America needs to understand she has done this every step of the way. When we went to put the CARES Act together. Remember, she flew in. We had to have this meeting, and she held that bill up for everyone that was going to get laid off. We had a PPP, a program to keep you hired. She held it up for a week. Then when we needed more money for the successful PPP program for those small businesses, what she do? She went to a refrigerator with her gourmet ice cream and said no. And, more and by the way, that was really off. a turnoff since I'm lactose intolerant, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, and now what is she doing now? When the president sits here, let's get this economy moving. Okay, I'll do the unemployment insurance to make sure to help those. But let's get the small businesses going in. Let's get the schools back open up. She says no and claims the Republicans are doing something. When she held up the first bill, the only thing that she got in that bill was more money for the Kennedy Center. Think about what she's asking for now. I mean, she's talking about pensions for these blue states that have mismanaged. I mean, every major city from Portland, Chicago to New York – no one feels safe. Crime is rising. If the Democrats took control, that would be our entire nation. Mm-hmm. How does it look in the House, some of these races you're focused on? Does it look like we'll chip away or take it over or hold our own or what? Look, we've, we've got a great opportunity. This get, we need the president's race to get a little closer. But mm-hmm. when, we, when she got held the gavel, it took us 19 seats to win the majority. Today, it's 17. She had to give me more seats on committees because there's more Republicans and less Democrats in the last two years. We won a seat that they won by nine points that Hillary carried it. It was in California. Mike Garcia won. 
not by a few hundred, by by 10%. That was just two months ago in the middle of COVID. And you know what they did? They changed the election process where they mailed everybody a ballot, and we still won. Mm -hmm. So there are 42 other seats that are better for Republicans to win in than the seat Mike Garcia just won in in California. And remember, the last time in California that a Republican flipped a, a Democrat seat was 22 years ago. So, yes, we've got a great opportunity to win. We just need help. What COVID does, it benefits an incumbent. They got more money than the Republicans. We just need to get our message out. So if people want to go to takethehouse.com, they can help a number of candidates out there, and we can win. You've got these uh, phony moderate Democrats. You know, they go home. I, I, they're not moderate. They're, they're not, not moderate. moderate. They go home. They, they talk a good Pelosi. game. Yes. They vote for Pelosi. They vote for impeachment. They vote for massive spending. What makes them moderate? Nothing makes them moderate except when they want to be a part of a campaign. You know what they really do? They let AOC run this party. Joe Biden is not ahead of the party today. It's Bernie Sanders. He has surrendered to the socialists. Which one of them stands up to AOC or Tlaib or the others when they say they disagree with this nation? Who stands up to them for the American way of life? They don't. Pelosi, does she stand up when they tear down Father Sarah in San Francisco? No, she said people will be people. She lets the mob run. If you're going to be a lawmaker, you're supposed to write the laws, not encourage people to break them. Mm -hmm. I I do notice, whether it's the House uh, Judiciary Committee and I thought a couple of those Democrats were going to start throwing Molotov cocktails at the uh, attorney general there. And then, and then you listen to Pelosi, who's becoming more and more poisonous and angrier and angrier. They're really into this sort of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, AOC stuff, aren't they? This isn't a joke. This is not a joke. This is their way of life. They won't stand up for Israel anymore. Mm-hmm. When, when that was a nonpartisan issue, they won't stand up for They are more concerned about blaming Trump than condemning China. You know what they say? You had the chairman of armed services. I put a bill on the floor that would sanction anybody caught hacking into our companies to try to steal the vaccine. We found two Chinese doing it. You know what he stood on the floor to say? It's not China's fault, nor is it China's fault. Who is that? What's his name? Adam Smith. Then you got Adam Smith saying the exact same thing. When the president rightfully shut down that consulate of the Chinese in Houston, everybody says it was the main place. What they start doing, they started burning things at the top. Adam Schiff, everybody called it the hub of espionage. Adam Schiff was, it said it was a distraction. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi will not condemn China for the thousands of people they have killed in America and around the world. She thinks it's a distraction to go after China. Well, you how know dare, what? How China dare her call it? How dare her call it the Trump virus, and she won't even call it the China virus? At least call it the Xi virus. I mean, they're politicizing this virus. They are. And think for one more. What if they were in charge? What would have happened? Well, we never would have stopped those planes from China coming to America because Joe Biden says that was wrong when President Trump did that. Nancy Pelosi invited people down to. Chinatown in San Francisco a month after the president stopped those planes coming in. We would have been in dire straits. And then the president doing this operation to get these vaccines going forward. We've never seen anything like this. This is the Manhattan Project of vaccines. It's unbelievable what's happening, what's coming onto the forefront. Mm-hmm. We've got six promising companies right now in the phases that we had never seen before. And the therapeutics. 
this is the president looking to the future of making sure that he solves this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the House, I want to get back to the election here. Yes. Are you concerned we might lose seats? Look, they, did, they tried redistricting in North Carolina. I look at it. We've got 30 seats that Democrats sit in that President Trump carried. If we get out campaign for the president, not only will we win the presidency, we'll win the House. There are 8.8 million people who voted in 2016 for the president but did not turn out in the 2018 elections. Had they turned out in the 2018 elections, we would be in the majority right now by nine seats. The president would not have been bogged down by impeachment. We would have been moving forward. We would have been in such a stronger position than having Nancy Pelosi where she was today. The only question is whether we win or lose is whether the American people are willing to stand up. If I look at poll after poll, it's improving. Joe Biden, he can't carry out a sentence. Mm -hmm. He questions a reporter if they ask him if he's ever had a cognitive test. He he calls him. (laughs) I mean, you watch what it is. He thinks that person's a druggie for asking. (laughs) You know, every day he makes an off-putting comment, a bigoted comment. And they just let it slide. It's unbelievable, this comment. And what did he say the other day about, uh, you know, Latinos are diverse, you know, unlike uh, African-Americans with a few exceptions. I'm going, what the hell is that? That's not the first time he's made comments about African-Americans. And think of this. This is a man who's not tired because he has nothing on his schedule about one interview a day. What if he was in the White House and he had pressure put to him? Mm -hmm. It's frightening. It's frightening. It and, and, you know, really, Bernie Sanders runs this party now. These are his ideas. These are his agenda items. And uh, I, I just I fear for this country. I mean, if they win the presidency and they hold the House and they take the Senate, there's nothing to stop them. No, because you know what? They'll change the rules of America. Yes. They'll add to the Supreme Court. They'll change. We'll no longer have 50 states. We'll have 52 states. Mm-hmm. They've already voted for D.C. to become a state. You know what else they'll do? They'll do the things they do in California, where they allow illegals to vote. Right now, they allow them to vote in school boards. They lowered the voting age to 17. They give you 17 more days to turn in your ballots. They'll, they'll rig the system in any shape or form. So we never win. Exactly. The end justifies the means for these people. They're Machiavellian in everything they do. All right. We'll Instead keep fighting. The country first. Yep. We're there, and I appreciate all your help. They put the party first. All right, uh, Kevin McCarthy, I want to thank you. Take care of yourself, sir. Thanks. All right, he's hammering away. Got to give the man credit. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us. 
we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's go to Anita, Chicago, Illinois, on the great WLS, although I know you can't hear us on that station because they tape delay us. How are you, Anita? I'm great. It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you for being a voice of reason. Thank you. Listen, I'm a Chicago public school teacher. I Mm -hmm. am probably the only conservative in my school, if not the entire union. Um, You're probably the only conservative in the whole school system. But anyway, go ahead. Probably. But I just wanted to let you know that I couldn't agree with you more that our students need to be back in school. We had a heck of a time with online learning in the spring. It was a mess. I had maybe five out of 27 students who logged in. The kids aren't learning. We're not able to teach that way. At least I'm not because, you know, we need to be in the classroom face to face. And I just Mm -hmm. want to thank you for getting that message out and if they knew I was calling in, I'd probably be fired from my job, actually. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and the scientists, the same scientists who tell us everything else are saying this is okay. And they're fighting it like, I told you about the teacher who lives near me, right? In Virginia. Yeah. And she said, she's concerned. She can't speak. She I, can't speak. She's afraid. Me too. Me too. I can't. I mean, I would be blackballed from the union. I would be fired from my job. Isn't this America? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm so angry, but I'm just, I I feel lost. And I feel so badly for you. And you know what? For the left, this is America with a K. Remember they used to do that on the left? They were so clever. Yeah. All right. You hang in there, young lady. You hang in there and thank you for everything you do. Now, we talked briefly, the, uh, the radical kook attorney general of New York has been hunting down the National Rifle Association for almost two years, bleeding money from the NRA. Now she brings her case in August, when the NRA is poised to spend a great deal of money to try and reelect the president of the United States. That's my problem with all this. And she has said some horrific things about that organization because she doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. And part of her suit, she wants to eliminate forever the existence of the NRA. Now that tells you where she's coming from. She's not suing any left-wing groups. No, no, she's not suing Antifa or Black Lives Matter. She's not suing Media Matters, claiming that they're really not a charity or, or they're really not a bipartisan organization. No, no, no. That's all okay. That's all okay. But the NRA, I'm a life member. My wife's a life member. The four kids are life members. Six life memberships here. All right. I want to thank you all. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all you patriots out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. And we'll know what took place in the Tennessee GOP Senate primary as well. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.